Welcome to an action-packed edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who lives his life like he drives his car. Fast, hard, and erratically, I give you the Brit. That's not true. I almost never drive erratically. Well, I, <laughs> clearly, that the big hole in the back wall, I would disagree <laughs> with that statement. Yeah, yeah. It, for those that don't know, uh, uh, my place of employment suffered a unexpected remodel job when someone drove through our building. Uh, it, it was it was a scary experience. Luckily, no one was hurt, uh, and, and the driver uh, she she did go to the hospital, but it was a uh, for shock. And we had contact with her later, and she is she is doing fine. So. And a scary experience overall, but not what we're here for this week, Aaron, which was also kind of a scary experience, but in a different way. You know, did your did your uh, experience playing steering wheel type games help you at all? Dodge that car? Could you? Did that help? And I clearly didn't help the the lady that drove the car. Well, that's because she didn't play enough dr- uh, steering wheel games. See, it's did all comes figure, full circle, just did like you a steering out why wheel. While that chick hit the wall. She went through it, man. Yeah, but I mean, what happened? Uh, I think it was a gas instead of brake type of situation. She, she from what we understand, uh, she hit the curb and yeah. it, it freaked her out, and she just gassed it. And she was at a huge SUV of death. Oh and man! It just uh, it, here's the crazy thing: like about 18 years ago, someone else went through the building at the exact place, exact same location of the building. Just popped right in, but they didn't. Don't you guys have any gimmicks out front to keep that from happening? No, no. I mean, it's not our building, though. We just lease it. But yeah. the uh, the previous person didn't get all the way inside. This one parked <laughs> firmly on our table. So, <laughs> Pixels chimes in saying she really disliked the previous episode of ARG. <laughs> I, I feel really, one, I feel really bad for the woman. She was. Uh, I only talked to her for a few minutes prior to this. Uh, yeah. I was setting up a job. She was actually coming to our shop uh, yeah. to do a pickup. And she seemed very sweet and very sincere. And she was obviously very stressed and, and uh, panicked about the situation. So I yeah. wish her all the well. Clearly, I would be panicked too. Okay. I want to make a real quick announcement on the Dragon's Lair mini giveaway. Oh, please. Let's hear it. We are picking a random YouTube comment from this week's video. Uh, we'll make the announcement on next week's show. So if you want to get into a running for a Dragon's Lair Mini, fully paid for, we pay for the shipping, we pay for all that good stuff. Uh, you will have to cover VAT if that is somewhere that you live. Uh, but it will be coming directly from us. It will be the grand prize. The other two prizes is a coin slot keychain and an ARG lanyard. We'll be making... Three spins on that big wheel, and this is the first week to possibly get your name on that wheel. All you have to do is leave us a YouTube comment on this video, and we'll be picking a random YouTube comment on next week's show. There you go. So this is a this is sort of a first round qualifier here. That's least, it. If you Brent will go out and and will randomly pick a YouTube comment. Very That's good. That's correct. That's easy money right there, my friend. It is, man. I, you have to think. The most I think our our uh, comment section has ever had is like what fifteen comments. So Something this like is that. your time. This is the easy yeah. win. Hopefully the comment isn't you give me game now. <laughs> no, no, I'm okay with you give me game now. Uh, what would be for- worse is like, hey, hot singles in your area. Those are right out. So we, we can't. I was gonna say, do, do they qualify? <laughs> they don't. That, this this one chick keeps sending me some YouTube messages. <laughs> Tell me how great I am. Enough of that. Enough of that banter. Let's get back out of here. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week we're gonna be playing. Bam! Steering wheel game. Steering wheel games. Brand. What brought this one on? This was another one of yours. No, it wasn't. This was. This was, was this a suggestion? I believe okay, it was. Yes. So it all let, runs let, together anymore. Let's talk about. What qualifies as a steering wheel game? We decided that pretty much anything with a, a sort of a steering wheel type controller. A wheel right? or a yoke. Yeah. I, I mean, see. Now, I would have also allowed for, you know, the games where it's just a stick in the middle and all the stick does is do left and right. Yeah. I would have, I, I, I think I would have qualified that as well. 
so you're pretty liberal, pretty liberal view on this. So let's, you know, let's talk about some of our favorite games that involve a steering wheel. What do you, uh, most of, of course, most of this is going to be stuff in the arcade. Uh, what, what did you play in the arcade that, uh, that you really, were you driving game wise or for the yoke? What, what really did it for you back in the day? You know, my all time favorite steering wheel game, Aaron. I don't. <laughs> All points bulletin, APB. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Is that the one that had the lights on it? Are, wait, are you bad-mouthing APB? I mean, it's okay, but I wouldn't say it's no, the all-time. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So you're telling me that's better than OutRun? That's yes. better than Pole Position? That's yes. better than Virtual Racing? Yes. That's better than any of the Sega racers is APB? Uh, The only one that would come close is when you're talking multiplayer, Daytona would win. Yeah, good song too. Yeah, Daytona. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I prefer that, Rolling Start. Rolling now, Start. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you have any uh, steering wheel peripherals at at the pad for any of your systems back in the day? I I've went through many many uh, computer steering wheels. Although I yeah. do not currently own a computer steering wheel, so I did have to uh, kind of cheese it this week. But I, I have owned many in the past. Almost all of my steering wheels have been hand-me-downs. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever actually purchased one myself. I uh, I've got one for the uh, Xbox uh, 360. I've got one for the N64. I've got one for the ColecoVision. I'm trying to think if I've got any more. I think that I think that's all the ones I have. You know the the thing about having a home steering wheel, <clears throat> and I know I talked to a lot of people who had them for the Amiga, and they're really into like. Uh, F1 racing, whatever. It's a big production, but if you're like us, just sort of a casual guy, and you put this stuff at your house, it's a real hassle to hook all this crap up. Yeah, find somewhere they're very to put big it. and bulky. Now I have yeah. a, a, a a Hotas stick that a what? Takes, a, a flight stick uh-huh. with the throttles and the oh yeah, you know, all that gimmick. Uh, I have a really good one of those that I use for Elite Dangerous and Mech Warrior games. Uh-huh. And it takes up so much room yeah. that I think having a steering wheel as well, it's just going to... I don't play enough steering wheel games, to be completely honest, uh, at home. Uh, it really is an arcade experience for me on the, in that front. You know, it's funny. We were we were streaming uh, last night. By the way, ARG Presents on Twitch. Please, give us a follow. Uh, but we were streaming last night, and we were playing MechWarrior Online. And remember the uh, we were talking about that controller for the original Xbox. I believe the name of the game was like Iron Soldier, something like that. But do you remember this? I had that huge, huge controller. It took up like a whole Steel table. Battalion? Steel Battalion. Steel is that what it was? Steel Battalion. It had that huge controller with yeah. all the buttons and switches and knobs. Absolutely, that would be fun to have for about ten minutes. And then you try to figure out where to store that sucker. Well, because you know, that I, would I be, think that, if you if you bought that, you're not. That's what you play. You don't. That's the only game because that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> you might be right. I, that I know that control panel gets for big bucks these days, and I have to say it was an awesome looking control panel. But I believe it only worked for that one game. You know, but uh, it, it was... I think they have found ways to rig it, but yeah, it was pretty much made for that one game. Uh, also, I mean, you have to think of people who do like the cockpits and stuff. Yeah, the, where there's. They, you know, they have the wraparound screens and they have the, like moving cockpits for when they're driving. Those yeah. people don't play other the games. I mean, or, or very rarely, those people are in it for this racing simulation, and I'm okay with that. Did you did you get into did you get really heavy into the home racing titles that involved having the wheel? No, no, none never. ever. Did you ever? Was there ever a title that made you want to get a wheel desperately? Um, no. Not really. Man, I, I I would get. I'm surprised to hear that, man. The good thing about home systems is you can use the wheel and stuff that you wouldn't expect, you know. And so I, I used to load the wheel up all the time, just to like, of course, to emulate stuff. But I like there. I, I remember playing Screamer with a wheel. Remember Screamer on the PC? I had a PC yeah. wheel back in the day. It wasn't great. Uh, of course, it used the joystick, but it was fun. I liked a lot of those. Uh, uh, I liked a lot of the N64 titles. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the N64, but they they had a he- I had a heck of a joystick for that thing or a, or a steering wheel with the pedal. And so a lot of those, like the California, uh, what's that? Cal- uh, the what's the name of that game? The Nintendo makes the California driving game. I used to play that on the N64. Are you, are, are you talking about uh, cruising? 
cruising, cruising, yeah, cruising USA. Uh, and the other titles they, they have, aren't your thing today, are they? No, they're not. Listen, listen, I, I'm old. What do you want from me? I can't remember. I, that shows you my love for the N64. I can't remember any of its premiere title. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've got a real somewhere still stashed. I've got in box. I picked it up at the old Goodwill for three bucks. Aaron, do you deal. recall when we tried to buy a hydraulic cruising machine? I do. Yeah, tell and that the only story. reason why we didn't buy it is they couldn't get it out the arcade doors. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That was that was dreadful, a dreadful experience. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this on. Uh, you know, I was watching Rob Flack O'Hara uh, do a live stream, and he had pictures of an arcade he was at, and one of the things he had a picture of was a Final Lap Two, which we oh owned. yeah. Yeah, we and did I explained, never played I, it, but we I told it. him how difficult it was to move this thing to where we had to take the doors off your basement to get it yeah. in. It was so huge. That was a huge mistake. Only The only worst mistake we made was buying this god-awful Redemption games that you so love. But that's the story for the time. Them. I know, you're crazy. So, with all that said, uh, we were tasked with finding a couple steering wheel games, again, playing under the loose Brent rules. But I wasn't going to take advantage of his idiot rules. I stayed on script. And I'll, I'll go ahead and lead the dance this week, Brent, uh, with my game. And I would say this is the uh, one of the granddaddies of all driving games, and certainly one of the granddaddies of all home peripherals. I give you, bam, it's Turbo. Turbo on the ColecoVision, Brent. A uh, similar title with one of the all-time great uh, uh, hardware accessories. Uh, that, in my that, it was really good, yeah. But we'll get to that in a second. I want to talk about uh, Turbo in the arcade uh, because uh, the games obviously are uh, inseparable. Uh, and really, Turbo did. I didn't know this, Brent. Uh, Turbo apparently only got two home ports, and one of them I'd never heard of, and I've never played which was Turbo on the Intellivision. Did you know it had an Intellivision port? I did not. I didn't either. I was like, well, I wonder if it's, is it any out. good? Did you have to take a peek I haven't tried it? it. I did not try it. I saved it. In case we ever do a television, I could try it again. So uh, the Turbo developed uh, by Sega and designed and programmed by a guy named Steve Hanawa. Now, Steve Hanawa <clears throat> did other stuff for Sega, he did uh, a few real early titles. He did a game called Tranquilizer Gun. Uh, he did Space Trek. You got to have Space Trek in there, Brent. He did Space Odyssey. You notice that everything in the early '80s. This was '80, by the way. All these, these all had space in them because space was a big deal. He did uh, Monster Bash. He did Sinbad Mystery Monopoly and Columns on the Mega Drive. Was he programmed that? Which that's probably his other famous title. You remember Column? Way more famous, yeah. You think it's more famous than Turbo? It's not more important than Turbo. I no, that for right him now. it is. Oh, yeah. So I was reading about this game, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, Turbo was a huge hit, huge arcade hit. And yeah. I'll get into why in a minute. But during the development of this, uh, they inter- uh, some guys interviewed uh, Hanawa, and he said that despite the historical significance uh, of, the, of the Turbo title, he considered the process of creating it to have been the worst development experience at Sega. He said, wow. develop, now get this, development of Turbo required such difficult and protracted schedule of coding and debugging that he was hospitalized for a month following its completion due to stress, exhaustion, and spontaneously collapsed lung. This game almost killed Steve, Steve Hanawa. It collapsed his lung, Brent. That is bad times. I didn't know that was even a thing. Oh yeah, that's what. That's because Turbo is such a, a, a gritty nail nail grinding experience that, that it can actually collapse the lungs. So be careful when you play. So, what is Turbo? Uh, released in this was released way back in October of eighty one. The arcade Brent Turbo is a straight up driving game where your goal is to drive your car through, uh, basically, like a, uh, a, uh, I guess I'd call these racetracks uh, converted from city streets, effectively. Yeah, more uh, you've got, you've, less a racetrack, more a, uh, uh, what is it when you just you just drive it across country? That's a well, type the, of race. The only thing that's different is that the track has little red and white lines on the side to indicate that it's a track, as opposed uh, to just That's just street. a fancy berm. <laughs> You know, the, 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 anyway, you have something that looks sort of like a Formula One car, 
and you've got to pass uh, 30 cars before the time expires. That's it. There's no finish line. There's none of that crap for Ever. suckers. <laughs> this is a game where all you need to do is pass people on the road. That's it. I think it's you've got 99 seconds to pass 30 cars. At the end of that time, uh, you will you will be a, 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 a that a clicker will come down because you can actually you can pass more cars than you need. There's a bar at the top that fills up, and then the uh, the at the end of the time the ticker comes down, counts up your cars, adds up your points, and then you get if you made it, you get another 99 seconds to pass another uh, 30 cars. That's the game. And if now, you if, don't if, make it, you explode. Yeah, in, in a violent, especially in the arcade, a violent, smoky explosion. Now. <laughs> If that was the game, that would that would be pretty lame. In fact, that sort of reminds me of Digital Derby or something. You know, the old handheld Tommy games where you would try to you know pass cars, right. and that's a lot like Turbo is actually a lot like that in a lot of ways. If you ever played one of those mechanical games, yeah. But what makes Turbo special is the fact that it is the scenery in this game. Uh, this the arcade version of Turbo uses a. Uh, uh, a scaling process that probably, I'm sure it's got to be one of the first games to ever use this scaling process when you go to the city of, of uh, it's, I would say it's sort of like a very, very rudimentary uh, version of OutRun at real uh, low, the lowest end of scale you can get, but it works. Uh, and what makes Turbo so awesome is it just has tons and tons and tons of different scenery areas, driving areas, uh, you'll be in a you'll be in a city with the city on both sides of you. Then you'll be on the uh, uh, half the side will be trees. The other half will be the city. Then you'll be in full trees. Then you'll go through a tunnel. Then your seaside. Then your seaside with the city on one side. Then there's snow. It, and then it's nighttime. Nighttime in the city. It just changes over and over and over. Then also there's some excellent visual effects with like a hill that they use. And so the arcade uh, version of this was just a graphical. Toward the force. It was an unbelievable yeah. graphical experience. Did you ever play Turbo in the arcade, Brent? Absolutely. And, yeah. and I actually played it pretty far down the line when I was uh, old enough to appreciate what it was doing. Uh, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Turbo itself, the game, <clears throat> but what it accomplished was, was quite revolutionary. Yeah, it really was. And it also consisted of a, uh, of course, you had your steering wheel. You had, I think they had several different versions. They had a set down, stand up. You had a steering Cockpit. wheel and a gear shift, much, much like, uh, much like Outrun. Obviously, Sega developed Outrun, so you could sort of see the uh, progression from a game sure. like Turbo going forward to Outrun, uh, Brent. So, anyway, Turbo, big hit in the arcade, and so uh, you knew that this was was going to be ported if possible. But they're really, at the time, I don't think there were too many systems that could pull off Turbo uh, effectively. It did get, like I said, it got two conversions, the ColecoVision and the Intellivision. Now, get this, Brent. Here, I thought this is another, this is, this is like the cursed game. It's like unlocking Tutankhamun's tomb. So there was an Atari 2600 port uh, by Coleco in development, right? It was even advertised, but it was never completed. Now, get this. The lead programmer was a fellow named Michael Green. He got struck and seriously injured by a drunk driver while riding a bicycle, and mm. that was it. They stopped working on the game. Uh, there's a prototype floating around that uh, is about 80% complete, and it was found in uh, another programmer's attic in 2006. Think about that. <laughs> so somewhere there could be a turbo game that could be completed for the 2600. I would be interested to see what the 2600 could do with a game like this. So let's talk about the Coleco version of this. Now, Coleco was known for being a good, a very good port system from bringing stuff from the arcade. But this may be one of its all-time great uh, ports because what you've got here is they've managed to take and and bring this system home. The Coleco managed to somehow uh, generate many of the same levels that the arcade version has. You've got your city. You've got your city with trees. You've got your city at night. You got your city at night with trees. You've got the whole scene where the cars come up over a lip of a hill. You've got the ocean side. You've got the ocean side curve. You got all this stuff. You've also got the tunnel. You've even got the snow. You got all these different levels, and that's what really makes a turbo turbo. If you didn't have this stuff, it would not be the same game. Now, I can tell you right away, 
the city at part of this is the worst part. It is uh, it. They don't. They did not get to bring the scaling uh, home. I don't think the Coleco would have been capable of, of scaling like the arcade did. But it's still a pretty good effect, provided you didn't look. You don't look real close at the buildings. If you see them go by, they look pretty okay. If you see them stop, it looks like an ANSI graphics designer like went bananas or got drunk and, and drew a bunch of. <laughs> Drew a town. Well, but and, and no one's going to focus on them that much in right. normal play. And yeah. the sense of speed going through the city is really incredible. Yeah. Now, the arcade had a real quick pace uh, when you drove. It was very difficult, actually. The ColecoVision is a much more leisurely game, uh, which means you're going to get better scores and you're going to you're going to have a uh, a longer play experience, which is okay because of course the arcade version was meant to bilk you quarters. This one not so much. On the on the first level of this, uh, you don't lose lives when you wreck. You just sort of teeter around and and you get sort of a free pass. And as long as you pass the uh, required number of cars, then you uh, get to keep going. And after that, uh, then you start losing levels. Uh, or losing uh, men when you play. Now, uh, uh, one thing that makes Turbo unique on the ColecoVision is co you couldn't just go out and buy a Turbo. That'd be for suckers. What you had to do was buy Coleco's Expansion Module 2. Expansion Module 2 was a steering wheel a uh, and a pedal and the Turbo cartridge. And you, would plug, you would plug the Expansion Module 2 into joystick port 1, you take one of your Coleco joysticks or game pads, whatever you call those things, keypads. You put that in joystick uh, uh, port two, and then there was a place to, to to wedge it to set it into the steering wheel column. And you would use the Coleco joystick as a gear shift for high and low yeah. gear. And then you would have your pedals uh, to uh, do this. Now this thing uh, was until recently was required to play Turbo. I noticed on one of Frodo's streams that he'd found a hack that you could use, that someone had done a version of this that you could use uh, with a regular controller. But up to this point, this is the only way you could have played it. This steering wheel is great. This is how I played it. I own one of these. They do a real good job, uh, and the pedal is good. This thing was a real uh, ballyhooed item back in the day, which is funny because it really didn't get a whole lot of action. I believe it only plays this. And it plays a Dukes of Hazard game. I don't think there's. I'm not sure there's any other games that that work with. with I knew. The, I knew the uh, expansion the, the, too. The compatibility was really, really low. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it, and the thing is, it the, the wheel works. It's a great wheel. You know, and th one of these, one thing about this game, this is one of the games that came in that era where the steering wheel was just sort of a loose, easy to spin kind of apparatus. It's not like there's no force feedback. Any of that crap. You just you can use one hand and just gently move the wheel back and forth. But it works for a game like this where you have to have real quick uh, lane changes, you know, uh, as, as you play it. Uh, as you get further in this game, uh, uh, really, it just sort of keeps going until you until you lose. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I played this a lot. I didn't necessarily thought it, think it get would get a whole lot harder. It's not an easy game, even at home. Uh, to be honest with you, one of the things that I did notice, and it's funny because I played this in the arcade and the home version, is that when the scenes change, it is it's jarring to a certain it degree. Is. Yes, in the arcade, some of the scenes are kind of smoothed out. For example, when you hit the tunnel, uh, there you'll see coming like a tunnel-like structure. It's pretty. It's pretty uh, uh, abstract. Uh, that's right. It's abstract, but it's still you're in a tunnel. You understand that. In the Coleco version, you'll be driving through the city, and all of a sudden, you're in a tunnel, and then you're in the snow, and then suddenly you're seaside. Suddenly, I mean, it's just it's it's uh it's just like a uh, random series of of, of, of uh, tracks that appear. And if you're driving in a straight stretch, passing cars, and all of a sudden you're in a deep deep curve, it is real jarring. Can be very difficult uh, to handle. Uh, I should mention that what much like the arcade, this has a few hazards. Oil will appear on the roads, and also occasionally you'll see a little yellow flag pop out. That means an ambulance is coming by, and you'll see an ambulance scoop by. You have to get out of the way of the ambulance. Uh, after that first level, you've got a couple lives. Uh, if, when you hit another car, you lose a life, 
and then eventually you're dead. Uh, uh, you can earn uh, extra cars. You can get a decent amount of cars in this. Uh, of course, passing on this is uh, set up with a point system, uh, and you get more points per car at, at, for at, at every level you pass. So, like, on the first level, it's 50 points a car, then it's 60, 70, 80, 90. By the fifth extended p uh, play, you're getting 100 points per car, and it keeps getting higher as you continue. So, if you were, uh, and by the way, if you could get past the fifth extended play, I, I want to shake your hand. No, <laughs> that would be no easy feat. But this is the perfect example of a classic system. In fact, this may be one of the few that put out a peripheral for a game and everything worked absolutely perfectly. Brent, what were your thoughts on the old Turbo? Well, I wouldn't say absolutely perfectly. The uh, the the pedal that comes with it is not analog. Uh, it is just an on-off switch, which that kind of sucks, but it, I'm not going to fault This it. isn't an analog game, though, so that's okay. I mean, yeah, you, yeah you, it you is. No, you don't need you don't need the the pedal part. That's irrelevant. It's either really uh, I don't agree with that. It, it's lift your foot to brake, right? But and you that's can't fine. Ease. I can't. What I'm saying is you can't use the gas pedal to ease your way into stuff. You're going or you're not. That's pretty much well, all. Yeah, I'm, well, that's yeah, that's sort of what I was saying. Uh, I have never been a big fan of Turbo, but not because it's not a good game. I, I just this is a, my form of racing game. Uh, I either want a solid sim or i want crazy antics like you know like a, a burnout type thing and this is somewhere in between and uh you know that doesn't make it a bad game it just makes it not a game that i particularly enjoy uh i'm also i don't like that it's a free spinning wheel uh i'm not a huge fan of uh, free spinning wheel games i guess uh the sprint games might be the one exception and the only reason why I like it there is I, I like uh, it's more that's that feels more like remote controlled car type things. However, the impact Turbo had when it came out for the arcade cannot be understated. I mean, this was this had never been done before this type of uh, experience, and it was copied ad nauseum for the years and years and years to come. This was the perfect formula <clears throat> for the an '80s arcade driver, and that it's unfortunate. I mean, I think a lot of people know the Turbo name; they they know the game, but I don't think a lot of people understand the impact it had, and that nothing else like this existed at the time. Yeah, it was. It, I should say that the, uh, you're right. The arcade version, probably the cocktail or the uh, uh, cockpit. The other versions that were awesome. I mean, they were they were really beautiful cabinets. One thing you get from the home version, since you don't get the cabinet, obviously, is you do have uh, four skill levels. I tried the different skill levels, and they do just what you think. It's just a little bit more cars, more more erratic driving, the whole nine yards. Uh, but and this is a game of its era. It's in fact the game is absolutely of its era. The graphics are not. They really were a step above. And, oh, yeah. and, that, and that's what made the game because the gameplay, it's not like this was that original. Uh, dodging cars is, <clears> I mean, to uh, uh, think a certain number had been done. So oh, they yeah, took yeah. That concept it, the environment. And, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and, and did, they did a great job. So when this, uh, I looked up some reviews on this because actually I, I found quite a few on this one. Um, All Game gave this four out of five, uh, CV gave this four out of five. Uh, Arcade Express gave this a 10. They love this. Now, get, I looked up some actual uh, dialogue from some of these reviews. So, uh, video, uh, the, uh, a video magazine reviewed this. And listen to the praise it heaps on this thing. Uh, it was praised for the effort that had gone into replacing the visuals from the arcade versions. And they also mentioned that the, uh, you, if you played long enough, you'd get to see never-before-played scenes. Now, I've never seen never-before-played scenes. That's what this magazine said. That makes me wonder if there was some press baloney going on. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did like that. Uh, Arcade Express reviewed this in, not, in 83 and gave it a 10 out of 10. And they and they and this is this is how uh, Ballyhooed the arcade version of this was. They said, and I quote, 
king of the coin-op driving games arrives in the home market, and they say while it's not as graphically arresting as the arcade version, it comes reasonably close to matching the multi-scene brilliance. The control panel fits this cartridge to greatness, lifts it to greatness, it says. And I agree. This, uh, they, yeah. this thing goes super over, uh, Brentster. Uh, I looked. We did not get any Discord reviews on this. And I wager that's because no one owns span- Expansion yeah. Module 2, which, it, I, I mean, it's not that expensive, by the way. I looked this thing up on eBay. Well, I mean, it depends on your perspective. The cartridge can be bought for 4 bucks loose. All right, that's the way it is. You can get the expansion unit boxed uh, for eighty bucks, and you can. I've seen the the wheel by itself unboxed. You know, just a peripheral going for forty five bucks. So wow. you that's can get way in on this cheaper than I would have thought. You could get in on this thing. I mean, I picked up mine for. I mean, it, I think I paid twelve, thirteen bucks, something like that for it. Of course, this was a few years back, but it, I found it to be an inexpensive peripheral. Now, of course, you've got to remember. It's a big, heavy, it's not heavy, but it's big, weird-shaped the uh, peripheral for an old, obsolete console that only plays two games. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. You could see you could see why it wasn't uh, super popular. But if you do have a ColecoVision or an Atom, I strongly urge you to pick this thing up. It's worth picking up just to play Turbo. Turbo's a lot of fun. And I, playing the joystick versus the turbo, you it's the, the you it's can't, not the same. Yeah, no, I mean I the, the wheel makes it a lot more fun. So I, I'm a big fan of this game. I was more than happy to bring it out for Steering Wheel Week. So Brent, I, that's, I would that's certainly what I say I would certainly say that Turbo is something that if you have not experienced it and you are a retro gamer, you you need to load it up. You need to play it, uh, and it, if nothing else, to appreciate what it did for the time that it came out. You know, there's a there's a curve that on when you're on the interstate in Charleston and you're heading toward the capital, there's a curve that you go around the interstate and it 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 reminds me so much of the scene in in Turbo with the curve. And I've thought that since I was a little kid. There's just one curve because the walls look the same and it's eerily similar to me. That's one thing every time I go around the curve I think of Turbo. So I'm, this game's always been in the back of my head because of that. Very strange things you pick up. All right. Enough of that banter. Brent, what did you pick this week uh, in your steering wheel games game? Boy, did I go the other way. Uh, Since we allowed Yokes and you picked a very famous steering wheel game, I thought I would go the opposite direction and pick a Yoke game that no one's ever heard of. I picked Hydra for the arcade. Now, Aaron, we were... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we we spoke just briefly, uh, a, as we often do, before the show started, and you admitted you had never heard of this game. I, mean, I may have heard of it, but I wouldn't. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. I thought it was something else entirely. I'll admit that. Yeah, yeah. You were thinking Hydra Thunder, which yeah. is, a, which is a, a watercraft game that came out uh, many, many years after Hydra did. And it is a completely different game. Yeah. This is a game that was released 1990 uh, by Atari. And it was a limited. Here's the thing. It's not classified as a limited release game. Uh, However, there were only 200 dedicated cabinets made for it. And 750 conversion kits okay uh that is crazy because a conversion for this game means you have to do a complete control panel replacement and the the full cabinets were selling for about twenty six hundred dollars back in the day and the conversion kits were selling for thirteen hundred so i'm going to guess that a, a lot of original cabinets have been destroyed because they they were all stand up, and they had a uh, plastic shell around the screen that was really prone to breaking. Uh, this could be put into any cabinet, though. You know, you could any JAMA cabinet would plug right in. It was a JAMA Plus game. Uh, I actually remember seeing this as a cockpit game, which I believe it took over uh, for. 
uh, Star Wars at the time, which I'm guessing that didn't last, but here you are. So in Star Hydra... Star Wars? You yeah. With the Vector Star Wars? Yeah. That's an abomination. Well, I'm that just That is telling, an abomination. I, I'm just telling you. So I could be wrong about that. I mean, you're talking... I would have punched you. Back in the... You had nothing to do... Someone needs punched. Carry on. <laughs> so in Hydra, you are you are Hydra. And <laughs> the Hydra is also the name of the watercraft that you drive. You are a courier for hire who is tasked with taking rare, valuable, or dangerous items from point A to point B uh, using nothing but waterways. It's like night boat, Aaron. There's always an inlet or a, or a finord. Uh, you are uh, tasked to take different <laughs> items. For example, in the first item, you're taking a biochemical weapon uh, from one place to a laboratory so it could be safely destroyed. You're a good guy in this. Uh, and you get into your little boat, and it is like a hydrofoil with... Machine guns up front, and you can get bonus weapons later on down the line, which we'll talk about. And the oh, whole minute, goal... Wait a minute. You're, yeah. saying, you're saying your guy's named Hydra. The boat he drives is named the Hydra. Well, in a game called no, no, Hydra. No, no. Well, and he's driving a Hydra his, foil? He's, his code name is Hydra. He is an ex-Navy SEAL, Aaron. Of course. He, he, can be, he can call himself whatever he wants, okay? <laughs> they so, really pounded home the Hydra in this. <laughs> so... <clears throat> you you you've got mounted machine guns and the the quirk of this game that makes it not road blasters is you can hit your boost button and you'll your uh hydrofoil will fly up into the air and depending on the yoke cuz you know that yoke has uh pull back and push forward controls as long as well as left and right so you can pull back on your stick and hover for a while and you can kind of drop it down a little bit to get different items at different heights. And that's sort of the gimmick for this game is it's all about the boosting and, and kind of hovering at different heights to collect money and fuel and whatever else is up in the air. So uh, you do these missions and at the end of the missions, you go into the Hydra Dome. And that is, I don't that's know what that is. I, I, what's that's it called what again? That's that's what it's called. The Hydra Dome. That's is what, that his dome? I, I, well, see, this is what's kind of confusing. <laughs> I don't exactly know who runs the Hydra Dome uh, because uh, you collect money in it and, and it's set up for your Hydra foil, but I don't know who. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, that, maybe that's what I should say. I just don't know what the deal is with the Hydrodome. But it is an extra stage, sort of like the bonus stages for Paperboy. So you can see Atari really pulled off their older influences. Oh, and, and by the way, just like Road Blasters, you have to collect fuel uh, crystals to have enough fuel to get to the end of the stage. And of course, you're, there's you've got obstacles like logs and and landmines or uh, sea mines and uh enemies like boats and and water skis and people just on the side of the road shooting at you just like road blasters uh-huh. so they really atari really pulled off of some of their old uh properties to get this out what i really really enjoyed about hydra though is First of all, it is crazy difficult. I mean, even a kid with unlimited quarters is not going to beat this game. Trust me, I tried for about four hours yesterday. I was never able to beat it. I was able to get to the last stage, but it is so crazy hard. Uh, being able to get all the special weapons, whenever you complete a stage, you have the the chance to buy weapons. And the weapons are... Sometimes they're boring stuff like Uzis or bombs that you can shoot out in front of your ship uh, or, you know, like six-way shot, which is just like a big shotgun blast. And it's all limited ammo. And then you get super crazy stuff like nukes or anti-gravity, where instead of just using your boost button to hover for a little while, you literally turn it on 
and can just fly. It's so awesome and so much fun. Uh, but unfortunately, all that stuff's later levels, and I bet you never even saw them, did you? Aaron? Nope, none of that. So I didn't see any of that? Yeah, you have to really dedicate yourself to the game to get to the really cool stuff. Now, Aaron, I know you. So this was your first week playing this. What yes. did you think about Hydra? This is one of the goofiest games I've ever seen in my life. So, you didn't touch on what you're transporting. <laughs> you mentioned that the first level, but the oh, second I'm going level, to. <laughs> they've got you they've got you transporting the Crown Jewels. Yeah. The British Crown Jewels. You're going to trust the British Crown Jewels to a, a discount Razor Ramon and, and, a, and a Hydra boat. This guy looks like Razor Ramon, by the way. He, he, he does. Out. He does. Listen. The guy's name's Hydra. He drives a Hydra boat in the Hydra Dome. Could they <clears throat> label this guy anymore? I mean, <laughs> good grief. That Hydro Dome level is goofy. I was like, yeah. what am I doing? I want you to shoot stuff, fall on targets. Who are you doing this for? Is this part? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I told when, you. I don't know. <laughs> when this level started, I was like, what? What's going on? Even when I failed the mission, I still made six grand when I got to the dock. Because one of the things you can do in this game is if, for example, you're, you're hauling around the crown jewels and you get killed, you drop the crown jewels and they float in the water somehow in a box, and other guys can pick them up. And if you don't if you don't zoom up and kill those guys and get the crown jewels back. You can finish the level without having the property. Yeah, that is that enemy. That enemy, Aaron, is Shadow. She's from the evil organization that uh-huh. is basically just shat, like her namesake, because uh-huh. that's what they do in this game. They she shadows you, and as no, wait a minute. She, hold on a second. Her name yeah. is Shadow. She represents Shadow, and her job in the game is to shadow you. <laughs> what is it with this game? So. So Shadow waits for you to get blown up, and you drop the item that you're carrying. So she zooms in and grabs it. And the game is very generous. It gives you a chance to shoot the enemy, uh, shoot Shadow, and, and get it back. Because her ship will blow up, and the the, the item will fly, fly in the air, and you can grab it and keep going. Uh, but if you die, lose the item, she comes and picks it up, and you die again, or... Uh, she picks it up and you just drive past her like, nah, screw it. You can't end the level without getting the item, which is awesome. I did. Because the chicks at the end, there are two chicks waiting for you at the dock, like your biggest fans. Yeah. And if you don't have the item, they shun you. And if you do have the item, they're all lovey-lovey on you. It's awesome. Uh, They they shunned me the first time I played Now, Aaron, if you notice... If Shadow flies away, right, she will come back later in the level if you don't finish the level and give you another chance to retrieve the item. She'll land right in front of you and kind of taunt you, and then if you blow up again, she'll fly off again. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know the twist ending? What uh, They're dating? Shadow and Hydra are a couple. That's right. (laughs) What? That's got to be some awkward dinners. Honey, why did you attempt to murder me 53 times today? Well, you know how it is. Being shadow and all, I had to shadow you for shadow. The end end of the game, it has Hydra saving the world. By the way, the end item uh, is the doomsday weapon. And and instead of just taking it from one place to another, you have to take it to a volcano in Hawaii and throw it in the volcano. How does that work with a boat? (laughs) You just drive up, throw it in, and kick it in reverse and drive out. You know, Uh, one thing about this game is the fact that here you are, it shows your guy looking all cool and stuff. He's got the partial beard, and and he's only wearing a vest and no shirt, like like I said, Razor Ramon or Stone Cold. And he looks like such a geek in his little orange boat. You see him in that little boat, and he's like, he looks like the biggest dork. (laughs) <laughs> this boat. I mean, there's no cool way to drive this flying boat around. <laughs> and I don't care how many. I don't. Have, I don't care how many shirtless vests you're wearing. This game, it's like the some of the Mystery Science Theater directors got together. <laughs> I mean, the plot of this. The oh. end, and now you tell me the end. It's straight out of Mystery Science Theater. Horrible. 
Well, here's the best thing. Aaron, I haven't got to the best thing. The be- You thought There's the crown more? jewels. You thought the yeah. crown jewels was the best item that you have to to courier from one place to another. It's not. The best okay. item by far that I experienced was a hive of African bees. You have to get them back. You have to boat them across the world and get them back home. <laughs> Why? <laughs> So this I don't know a hive of I don't bees know. boat. <laughs> yes, and it is. It's it's the the little picture is of a, a beehive, uh, in, 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 and it just lowers into your boat. You did know, you, just did, like. <laughs> did you ever notice on the map? It shows you a map of your route, right? Yeah, getting to the level. Did you ever? Do you ever notice that the boat is traveling literally thousands of miles? Yeah. I mean, thousands of that, miles. It's not like that's you're going what, like from Louisiana to Florida. You're going from like Houston to like South America and stuff like that. I mean, you're going going long, long ways. Why are you? And you're hardly ever in the in the full on ocean. You know what is? Who mapped out these routes? Why the was your final, boat? How was a boat? <clears throat> the final mission you have to go from Israel, I believe, to Hawaii, and you go that <laughs> route. You go that route through America. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> Clearly, the guys that made it start really, really into geography that much. Did you? Do you like this game? Though? Oh, I like love it, this right? game. Oh my gosh! Also, uh, uh, one of the items you start in Canada, yeah, and you <clears throat> you take down the Great Lakes. And you actually go through West Virginia on your way to DC. Really? Yeah, yeah. I doubt there's they get the great detail about <laughs> it, they, they. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought God. this. Aaron, I, I, I love played this, this game. game. I did. Of course, I didn't have a a, a flight yoke or anything. It I makes just played a this huge with, difference. With joystick. But yeah. I will say, uh, <laughs> and I had to rig up my controller with a bunch of crazy controls, but. <laughs> I will say the game is is wacky enough. This this is like the room. This is one of those games where it gets it's so stupid that you have to enjoy it <clears throat> because it's such a the plot is so idiotic and the visuals are so over the top. I'm not the, done. I, you haven't oh, heard the, one of the best guys, one all of the right. best enemies. First of all, they they also bring out aircraft carriers to try to destroy your foil, and but like they park them right in front of you. It's crazy. Uh, but the absolute number one best guy, uh, bad guy in Hydra, is they fly a guy in on a helicopter, and he drops onto your foil and tries to stab you with a knife. And the only way you can get rid of him is you have to shake your foil back and forth, and he Wilhelm screams as he flies off of it. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Those are little touches that are I like that, man. Yes, there Listen, are so I, there are so many little like you said. This game doesn't take itself seriously, obviously, and yeah, the good move. the core gameplay is really really good. It's if you're willing to uh, put in the put in the work to to understand the challenges. <clears throat> because you have to know what your enemies do and what they don't do. It's a very, very hard game. But th- this it offers so much, and so few people played it. Uh, the gameplay is great. The uh, controls, uh, especially in the arcade, are really solid. But we have to go over the disappointing side of Hydra, Aaron, and that is all, right. all of the home ports. This was released on the Amstrad, the Atari, the Amstrad CPC, the Atari ST, the Commodore 64, the uh, ZX Spectrum, the You're Atari Lynx, me. and the Amiga. This got all those ports? This and is, they You're all kidding me. suck. They're all really bad. Um, it's, it's hard to make a game that has uh, so many buttons and analog controls a home port anyway. Yeah. And considering that they put these on systems that absolutely could not handle the poor specky is the is absolute dirt i mean it, it is it's unfortunate it, it's just this is too big of a game for the spectrum um 
And the Amiga port looks fine, but plays like crap. Because uh, you only have one button. <clears throat> and, you know, you can't... You need to go... You need to have controls for up, down, left, and right while you're in the air. And you can't do that because you've got up to move forward. So it makes everything very awkward. Uh, probably the best port is for the Lynx, the Atari Lynx, because it has proper uh, uh, sprite scaling, which is a- an absolute necess- necessity for this type of game. But overall, if you're going to take a look at Hydra, and I highly recommend it, I, I if you ever see one of these out in the wild, first of all, ask the owner if you can buy it. Uh, but please plump a quarter into it. It's well worth it. This does not emulate the best because you really need those yoke controls. And if you haven't played it with a yoke controller, it, you know, it makes a, a world of difference, but it's so much campy fun. And then the core gameplay is so good. And the music is, is fun and stupid. I highly recommend checking it out. You know, I'm stunned that they would listen. You blew my mind there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that in this game in the arcade came out in ninety and they made a yeah. Spectrum port is mine yes. and or or Amstrad. I can understand the Amiga or the ST, but the fact that you'd come out with an Amstrad and a <clears throat> and a, a Commodore sixty four and a Spectrum that stuns me. Plus, how was this game? How did this game perform to where it would merit so many home ports? I've never even Horribly. heard of it. No, this game did absolutely dreadful in the arcades. Um, it scored okay it's a middle of the road scores but uh people didn't want this Uh, and uh, everyone compares it to road blasters which you have to do it's very road blaster-esque but i think it's far more advanced than road blast it is way way more advanced i agree but you obviously there's similar similarities um the uh link support for this came out in 92 uh, the Atari ST 64 and Spectrum all came out in 91, and Amstrad got their port in 90, the same year it released in the arcades. That's uh, that's that's, a, that's amazing. I, I'm stunned yeah. by the, the fact that you got so many ports, and Turbo got so few. That just, <laughs> Atari must have been trying to recoup some losses on this thing or something. That blows yeah. my mind. I will say, having played this, uh, and it is not an easy game, but having played this <clears throat> via MAME on my computer, it runs fine. And if you could rig your controller up, this is almost—I would almost go as far as to say that this is a hidden gem. Because no, I would. No, I, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I do. I think it's a lot of fun. The the ability to jump your boat up in the air and fly it around yeah. is fun. It's it is. wacky. <clears throat> it's dumb. the problem is the game's too hard. It uh, is too in, hard. But if you in later home, levels, I, I mean, I literally spent a hundred dollars uh, in play money trying to beat this yesterday uh the last level isn't like the other levels so you have checkpoints as you drive through these levels that you can continue at uh for the first eight stages or for the first seven stages the eighth stage is just one huge continuous stage and you have to make it all the way without any checkpoints uh and the the amount of enemies they have on screen at one time uh is just astronomical astronomical but it's still a very fun game but the difficulty in my opinion uh makes it not a hidden gem but i I really enjoyed this game and obviously i'm a a huge fan of it uh because i want the world to know about hydra because so many so few do so few do and you know something i i was struck by is the way that the screen is set up on this this game almost looks like they'd planned on making it a vertical game because they take up the entire right third of the screen with meters and scores and, and all this crap that you could not, have quite not a third, done. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's close. It's a lot. And, uh, it's odd. That's an odd set of... I mean, I don't know that many games that do that. And, and I don't think that's necessarily doing it any favors. I don't know if they did that to hide hardware limitations with the boards. You know, almost it, certainly. You know, but it's that's because that's more of a home console gimmick than it is an arcade gimmick. You know, I'm doing something like that. So I thought that was odd. That's you an know odd this, choice. The board this ran on, Aaron, didn't it? Didn't run on the uh, Road Blasters hardware. Oh, I knew that. This is way it, too advanced for that. It ran on the Pit Fighter hardware. 
No kidding. Pit, this and Pit Fighter are just a ROM swap away. When I when I downloaded this, I I, I kid you not, I thought it would have a hard drive file. That's how new I thought it was. I mean, it's a it's a strikingly good looking game. You know, it's, it's just well, it's, for I mean, it's actually not good looking for the time. I think uh, it looks pretty darn good for ninety. This is a good looking to, game. You have to just accept that the scaling pixels are going to be there. Well, I, I I was impressed with it. I think I liked it more than you. Oh, no, you. that's impossible. <laughs> oh, more than you're letting on. We didn't get any reviews for this one either, I'm afraid. But, I mean, I'm not terribly surprised by that. This was not even in my, you know, I've got the uh, CoinOps Next 2 on the computer here. This was not even part of that package. I had to yeah. add it. Yeah, I was surprised. So this even the even the guys at CoinOps didn't give this a, a look. What a what a sad state. You need to put this put this on your docket and give it a spin. And Brent, speaking of giving something a spin, you know what that oh. means? Bam! It's time for the wheel. All right, let's do it. All right, this week, Brent, we added two uh, pieces to the pie. Uh, first, as our retro rewind, we've got the Virtual Boy. We're going to give that one another look, Brent. And then I was looking through the pieces. There's one here that we never gave a full show to. It was featured in a segment on our uh, very first ARG Present Thanks for Giving Marathon, which was Games with Birds. That's, I think, which I suggested. So, by God, I'm going to get my licks in. Games with Birds is on the wheel, Brent. <laughs> yes. Hopefully it yeah. won't come up. <laughs> yeah, take off. Do you have anything you'd like to see come up? Uh boy. No. <laughs> ah, well, I'm... we're getting something. Here we <laughs> go. Just freaked out my cat when I did that. And the winner is, bam, it looks like the Virtual Boy. It is the Virtual Boy. We're going back. Back to get some Virtual Boy action. Now, Britt, I can't remember. Were you on the show when we did Virtual Boy the first time? That was one that we did a long nope. time ago. Nope. This will be my so. first ARG venture to the Virtual Boy. I'd Aaron, also have like you to... ever played an actual Virtual Boy? I have. I have okay. played an actual Virtual Boy. I have as well. And, and it was neat. Uh, it, I mean, this system has pretty much uh, been beat to death over the years. Uh, but the Virtual Boy was a cool system. It, just, it was. It, it, I, people expected more. Plus, they made yeah. some idiotic mistakes. They were bound by yeah. certain hardware limitations. I will say, uh, and, and I say this humbly, the Virtual Boy episode was one of our least popular episodes of all time. So we're, which, so we're, we're going to change it's that, all, Aaron. We're going to change up, it. We're going up from here, Brent. Virtual Boy. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get a lot of listener reviews as well from all the Virtual Boy owners chiming in. Those Virtual Boys are starting to fall apart. They're becoming incredibly rare. I've had a chance to buy one twice and didn't do it, and that was a big mistake. Big, big mistake. So that's what you get. Uh, Quick Brent, reminder final... as we wrap up here, Aaron. Uh, yeah. If you want to get entered for the uh, Dragon's Lair Mini giveaway, if it shows up on cam. Oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Do it, Cam. Do it. No one. Uh, no one knew that the virtual that the uh, Dragons Lair could cloak. It's just like, <laughs> like a Romulan <laughs> ship. All you have to do. Uh, to earn your piece of the prize wheel that will be spun to see who takes that lovely machine home. Well, not that one. That one's mine. You'll get a whole brand new box one. Is leave a YouTube comment under this video, and we will pick a random comment next week to add to the wheel of prizes as we give away three lovely items to our listeners and watchers. You're like Bob Barker. The wheel of prizes. Very good. <laughs> hey, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, that showed up in chat. Had a good crowd in here today. And uh, next week, we will be back with games selected from the universe of titles that was around for the Nintendo Virtual Boy. We hope you'll join us. Until next time, keep driving. Rom. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, W. Vetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, 
Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rackmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Itziyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroalogy, Hermsky, Rauschy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.